I literally stood here seven days ago today, and I was almost giddy with excitement because the snow was coming. I could not wait. I have lived in East Tennessee 30 years, and my expectations are low when there is a prediction of snow. You need to know that my mountain heart has been filled with lots of snow and opportunities to drive in the weather. And so, and I'm even getting to preach in hiking boots, and I can't tell you how excited I am about that. I feel like I get a little grace today. Wherever you're joining us, however you are joining us, after the week that we have gotten the opportunity to walk through, I'm just grateful that you are here. I am grateful I am here. I was reminded this week of times that I have experienced snow over my life. Growing up in western North Carolina, we had a little more snow in the 70s and 80s than we have here. In one particular January, I assume it was in the late 70s, I'm not sure. I think I was in elementary school. Some of you all are trying to do the math right now to figure out how old that means I am. I get that and I respect that. But we didn't go to school much that January. It snowed a great deal. It would snow, it didn't completely melt, and more snow would come in. So one day, I was out in our neighborhood. We hung out as a group of kids in the neighborhood from elementary to high school, and we had a great time. So we met down at what was called the lake. And I need y'all to know, it it was in no way a lake. Nothing like what lakes we have here in East Tennessee. It was a glorified pond, I believe, but it was called a lake. And we met down there, all my friends from elementary to high school, and it was because it had been so cold, about two-thirds of the lake was covered in ice. And so we thought that was really cool. So we went on it. I think we played football. This is how I recollect it. We played football, we threw snowballs, we had a blast. I went home that day for lunch and my mom said, Ms. Yoder called and said there were kids playing on the lake on the ice. You weren't one of those, were you, Brooke? I am confident that was not my first like to my mom, but it was definitely a day when I proclaimed I was not one of them on the lake but I was. That growing up in that neighborhood influenced me so much that the neighbors, like Ms. Yoder was loving us at that time. It may not have completely felt that way, but it was this love that we were given in our neighborhood by those around us. And without a doubt, experience being loved by neighbors growing up, not only within the context of the neighborhood in which we were raised, but also loving people, loving us in our community, keeping an eye on us throughout our childhood, loving our neighbor. It is part of the art of welcoming, part of loving others is loving our neighbor. We started this series on loving others two weeks ago, and we started with this foundation. Like we are, we are scaffold, I'll use language scaffolding. We are building this structure on which we are called and must act to love others. We started with the foundation that God's love is the foundation. We don't love others out of something out solely of us. We do it out of God's love. And God's love is unconditional, 
grace-filled and forgiving. It's agape love is the word that is used to describe that love. And it honestly is hard for us because that's not how most of our relationships exist. We are much more transactional. But yet this love, when we think of loving our neighbor, we do so out of how we are loved by God. There is a scripture, there's a story in the Gospel of Luke that may be familiar for many of us. We often hear it described as the, good, the parable of the Good Samaritan. You need to know alone that the phrase Good Samaritan would not have been known in the culture in which this story took place. Samaritans were anything but good in the culture, but yet that's how we know it. We read a scripture two weeks ago that talked about that Jesus was asked, what is the greatest commandment? So love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. The story of the Good Samaritan actually begins with a, a similar setup where an expert in the law, in Jewish law, who would have known everything about the law, how to keep the law, to check the list, and you are good to go. And he took a question to Jesus, whereas in Matthew we see the question is, about what is the greatest commandment, what we see in Luke, the question is, how must I, how can I inherit eternal life? That was the first question he asked. And Jesus responds, what does it say in the law? How do you read it? And the, and the expert is great. So he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, strength, soul, mind, love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus says, go and live, go do this, which is interesting. He says, go live. He doesn't spe specify about eternal life. And the guy wanted to justify himself because he knows the law. He wanted more information. Do you ever want more information from Jesus? He wanted more. He wanted to get down to the nuts and bolts. So he asked this next question, which is, who is my neighbor? If I'm supposed to love my neighbor, then who is my neighbor? Like, I need to know, what does that mean? And Jesus, being Jesus, tells a story. But that question about who is our neighbor is an important question for us to consider. Andy Stanley has these leadership podcasts, and one of my favorite ones that he has, he talks about the questions that we ask. The questions that we ask show what we value. He gives the example that if someone is in a car accident and calls you, a loved one's in a car accident and calls you, do you ask first how they are doing or do you ask first how the car is? It's an example of what we value. Now, if you ask about the car, that's okay. There's no guilt and shame in that. It's just an example. Think about the questions that we ask. This expert is asking who is my neighbor. And the concept of neighbor has changed over the years. I told that story from back in the 70s, and I want to go, back in the day, we knew how to do neighborhoods. I think that's pretty um, stereotypical to say that. But one of the things we have noticed in our culture is this. For those of you who have watched Andy Griffith before, did they gather on the front porch or did they gather in the fenced-in backyard with a beautiful setup? 
was the front porch. Our, our lives have moved from being front porch people to being backyard people where we fence ourselves in or fence other people, things out. And we live our lives. Being a neighbor has changed. So the question is, who is my neighbor? But also, how do I love my neighbor? What does that look like? And so Jesus tells the story in the parable of the Good Samaritan. And I am now going to read that. In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho where he's attacked by the robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, gosh, a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day, they took out two denarii. He took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look at after him, he said. And when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Jesus asked, which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. Within the context of the story alone, we see these differences. We see four people. It almost starts like a joke. A priest, a Samaritan, a Levite, and a man are walking down the road. But it is no joke. It is a story where even in the telling of the story are differences. A Levite, a priest, a Samaritan. There are stereotypes that go along with the identification of just those names. And when we think about our loving of our neighbors... One of the things that we've got to do is we've got to love beyond that which separates us. You may live in a neighborhood where you've lived for decades and you go, you know, when, when before all these new people moved into the neighborhood, it was a really good neighborhood. So we divide ourselves by those who have lived in our neighborhoods for a while or are new. We, di we divide ourselves by our beliefs. We divide ourselves by where we come from or where we don't come from, how we talk or how we don't talk. We divide ourselves. And in our divisions, we don't love our neighbor. We spend time thinking about why we shouldn't love other people. There are all these expectations. They don't do this, and I do. They should do that, and I do already. We separate ourselves. When we started community care night several years ago, it was our, we were deciding, what does Wednesday not look here after COVID? And we spent months in conversation and prayer, and we started with this question, why, why do we need to do something? What is our why for doing something on Wednesday night? And what we came to is our why is that our community 
needs Jesus. Our community needs connection. Our community needs a place to show up and be together in the name of Jesus Christ. And we have this incredible good news to share. And then the questions started coming. Well, who is this really for? Is it for those of us in the church or is it for those of us outside of the church? We began to ask these questions about who, and it was really, who is our neighbor? The answer was yes. It is for those who are familiar with our church and those who have never walked in our doors before. Because we believe that Community Care Night, Wednesday nights, here hopefully every day, is about loving our neighbor. Our church sits in a neighborhood. A neighborhood. For those of us who drive these roads routinely, do we think about loving those who are our neighbor in this neighborhood? That could be by stopping and talking to someone. That could be by driving slowly through the neighborhood. There are a variety of ways on how we can love. You know, it's interesting. The past seven days, we have loved our neighbors well. We have cleared sidewalks and driveways. We have texted people. We've checked on people. We've provided food. We've done all kinds of things. And yet, if you're like me, I think, why can't I do that every day? Why do I need a crisis to love my neighbor. It is something that each and every one of us needs to consider. What the Samaritan did, what is interesting as you you read the scripture, the Levite, the priest, and the Samaritan, it says in the text, all three saw the man on the side of the road. All three saw the man. Think about it. How often do we see our neighbor? We see our neighbor. But what did the Samaritan do? It wasn't that he didn't see or that he saw and the others didn't. What he did was he stopped. It says that he stopped. That's what he did. That was the difference in him in the beginning. It wasn't that they didn't see the man. The Levite and priest saw the man. It was that the Samaritan stopped. And then what does he do? It says that he showed pity. And sometimes when we hear that phrase in our culture, we're like, oh, I feel sorry for you. In other translations, it says showed compassion. Do you know what that means? It means that the Samaritan saw that that could have been him. That no longer were these divisions or separations, but he saw that he too could have been the guy that got beaten up. That he too could have been injured and needed help. It's called empathy. He showed compassion. He stopped. He showed compassion. And then he provided care. He took care of the hurt man in his basic needs. We saw the video about all those things that we got to do last weekend. Do you know over a hundred thousand people, individuals, will be impacted by the work that was done last weekend? And what did we do? We stopped. Well, we saw 
We stopped, showed compassion, and then we took action. One of our families who participated in Mission Blitz is the TAC family. The TAC family participated in Mission Blitz last year. They provided, they worked on the section of providing activity kits for Children's Hospital. About four weeks ago, around the holidays, their youngest child ended up in Children's Hospital for multiple days using the things that people bring to Children's Hospital to help the kids by the time while they are there sick. Nine days later, the youngest child with a family prepared activity kits for Children's Hospital. But they did it with a newfound understanding of what it means to stop, have compassion, and give care. Have you been there? Have you been the guy on the side of the road who has needed someone to stop, care for, and have compassion? We love by stopping having compassion and giving care. The interesting thing about this is that the guy asked, how do I inherit eternal life? And all of a sudden we're talking about stopping compassion and giving care. That wasn't the answer he was looking for. And in the end, when he was asked, who was the neighbor? It was the one who showed mercy. We think of grace as I get something I don't deserve. I earn God's grace. I can't, I don't earn God's grace. I'm given God's grace. I can't earn it. I've always heard mercy is that I don't get what I deserved. In other words, I don't get the punishment because I live outside of God's will and God's mercy is sufficient. When I was looking up the definition of mercy this past week, I was struck by the fact that the definition talked about that in our power, we don't cause harm. So I've always thought about it was only about punishment, but that is very intriguing to me to think that mercy means that in my power, I, I don't harm other people. You see, the guy, the Samaritan who stopped along the side of the road, he showed mercy in his power. He was able to help others. It may not have seemed much, but he did something for the man. He loved his neighbor. You see, sometimes our questions lead to answers that we don't see coming, including mercy. How is it? In our lives, we are loving our neighbor by giving mercy, by using our power to help and not harm, the power through our mission opportunities that are not limited to mission blitz one weekend a year. They are each, each and every day that we get to live out the love that God gives us that we get to love others, we get to stop and show compassion, we get to take care of needs. But that wasn't the end of what happened in this interaction between Jesus and the expert. Jesus told them to go and do likewise. 
He didn't say, if you go and do likewise, you've got eternal life. Because the guy was looking for this checklist of saying, I've done all the things good. Tell me I'm good. Tell me I am, I've done it all right. And what Jesus says, he says, go and do likewise to love your neighbor, to show mercy. You see, the answer wasn't the end. We must go. We must go. And by going, we must stop. We must show compassion and we must give care. As Pastor Will mentioned, I got the opportunity to be involved with the warming center at Cokesbury this past week. I got to go Wednesday afternoon and I stayed until Thursday morning. I did get a couple hours of sleep in there. It was this amazing thing. This room full, filled with people who are seeking shelter because part of what happened this past week is because the temperatures have been so cold. The warming shelter didn't close as we anticipated during the day and reopen at seven o'clock at night and close at eight o'clock in the morning. Since last Monday, the warming shelter has been open 24 seven at Cokesbury, just as it has been at Magnolia Avenue, at Magnolia UMC and Vestal UMC. It has been a continuous provision, a continuous stopping and showing compassion and taking care of basic needs, such as a place to be outside of the cold, including a place for food, fellowship, basic needs like do you have lotion um I really my hands are, are really dry yeah it's cold out that makes sense hey do you do you have a blanket I need a blanket hey do you have a sleeping bag I need a sleeping bag an incredible grace incredible thankfulness thank you so much for doing this thank you so much for being open thank you so much and let's be honest, some of us have stereotypes or perspectives on unhoused people that we think about it looks like this and it looks like that. And sometimes it does. And I'll, I'll just be honest. I was in a training that they, they shared for us for the warming center. And the trainer talked about, we hear that some people want to be homeless and in her time of working with unhoused people, our unhoused neighbors, she talked about how that's not been her experience. The other thing she talked about, and she talked about lots of things in that, but she talked about how that literally by opening a warming center, our, our main responsibility is to keep people alive. Our goal was that we would close the doors at eight o'clock and not accept new people necessarily, but we knew there would need to be exceptions. And then on Wednesday night, past eight o'clock, we had a person show up. I got a call. Hey, Brooke, we got someone here. Do you want us to let them in? I was like, yeah, because we... We were, we were, this is a living thing. And it was like, yes. And by letting someone in later, we had a room full of people who were asleep. And there was some disruption by allowing someone to come in past. 
And then in conversations that we had, like literally we were making this decision about whether we were going to tell someone to live outside in seven degree weather for the next 12 hours or no, you can come in and we're going to figure this out. It's not tidy. It's not neat. It doesn't necessarily look like it looks like on paper. But you see, God's love isn't neat and tidy. Jesus' word isn't neat and tidy. Jesus is uncomfortable in inconvenient and transformative through loving our neighbors. I sat in a chair in the midst of this room where 26 people were sleeping, where two dogs were in crates, where the person who showed up at 1030 was getting settled. And this is going to sound dramatic, but I about couldn't breathe. Because of the depths of God's love in that room. It was amazing. And it didn't look tidy. And people, the stereotypes were there and they weren't there. And God's love and grace was overwhelming. Because you see, our God loves us beyond all our stuff. Beyond all the stereotypes and the things that we do, our God stops, he shows us compassion, and he cares for us, and he commands that we do the same thing. It doesn't have to be these huge steps, it's just got to be the next step. It's got to be the next step of looking at how we divide ourselves. We are divided enough. Let's step forward and let's be one in God's love. Let's love our neighbor as ourselves. Let's love out of how we are so graciously loved. Let's not just see. Let's stop. Let's stop. Let's see that those around us, that our neighbors are just like you and me in so many ways. Those that live beside us in the houses beside us and those that don't have housing and all of us in between. And let's care for each other. That's what he told us to do. And it is what he has done for us. What I'd like us to do, whether you're online or wherever you are, whenever you're watching this, I want us to go to God in prayer. And I want us to open our palms if you feel comfortable. And I want you to bow your head and open your palms in an act of surrender. And I want us to to pray together. And I'm going to pause a couple of times and I'm going to say, God, we give you. And then in that pause, I want you to pray to God what it is your heart is speaking and you need to share. So let's go to God in prayer. Oh Lord, our rock and our redeemer, we thank you. We thank you beyond anything that we could possibly communicate about how grateful we are for your love for us. The depths of your love, the unconditional grace-filled and forgiving love. We want to confess in this moment where we look at how we are different, about how some of us qualify and some of us don't qualify, about how we have used our power not in mercy but in harm. And we lift those times up to you. We confess those in this moment.
we hear your truth, that we are forgiven, that we don't have to carry that around anymore, that we have laid that at your feet and that is sufficient, that you love us. And now, Lord, we commit to go and do likewise, to not simply see our neighbor, but to stop, show compassion and care for. Lord, we commit that we are gonna take the next steps in loving our neighbor as ourselves. May we be open to where it is you lead us. May we be willing, Lord, and we give thanks for how you will provide. Into your hands, may your will, not our will, be done. Amen. So our command is go and do likewise. Be careful on the roads as you go and do that. Hopefully in a couple of days, it will be easier to go and do. Maybe it's sending texts to your neighbors, checking on them. Maybe it's walking door to door. Maybe it is taking things down to the warming shelter or signing up for the warming shelter. Maybe it's signing up for serving at the food pantry that we work with. Whatever it is, go and do likewise. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Concord United Methodist Church. This podcast is a ministry of Concord United, and we would love to hear from you. To contact us, please send an email to podcasts at concordunited.org with sermons in the subject line. For more information about Concord United, including worship times, service opportunities, mission efforts, and classes, please visit our website at concordunited.org. We also invite you to download and enjoy our daily devotional podcasts presented by the pastors and members of Concord United. Finally, we would appreciate it if you would leave a rating and a review of this podcast so that others can discover it and benefit from it.